Hi, everybody. Welcome to CML Insights, the podcast series. I am your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. Today, as our guest, we have Kirsten Markson, who is the Chief Marketing Officer of Keep. Kirsten, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Pleasure to have you. So uh, Keep has been making waves uh, in the small and medium business market. It's CRM, it's sales, it's marketing automation, does a lot of good stuff. Uh, tell us a little bit about about Keep's evolution and where you guys are today. Yeah, so Keep has been around for quite a long time. It was the first kind of uh, mover as Infusionsoft in the sales and marketing automation space for small business. So a really long legacy of serving small businesses, helping them grow, um, marketing to small businesses, and, and really teaching marketing to small businesses because we don't necessarily have marketers as our customers, but they have to learn. So there's been a huge educational piece, content development. About three years ago, there was a brand change to Keep. So we're, st- we're still dealing with some of those issues of changing <laughs> changing people's perception and getting them updated on what we want to be called and why. So keep that change was to change more to kind of a simple CRM, have product levels that would be available and usable to multiple types of businesses and people with different levels of business in terms of revenue, more solopreneurs. So we broadened out the product set um, and we're serving a larger number of people. It's an easier to use product. We still have a lot of fans of the old Infusionsoft products. So we still serve those people as well. Um, and But we have a broader product set and we are we are kind of continuing to try to innovate in terms of what sales and marketing automation means um, in the modern kind of for modern buyers and what that should look like so adding things as we go along as well as continuing that content piece which is we are training small business owners to be sales and marketing experts and that takes a lot of work as we both know as marketers having the tool itself is not the answer you have to have a strategy you have to have a plan you have to have content so these are the same things that our business owners struggle with so we offer this we offer services we have a partner network but there's a lot of education and a lot of onboarding that needs to happen to get people to success so we have to really be that coach voice Um, and we've done a lot of work to focus on that in the last year that i've been here how can we enable people better to be to reach that success and show the ROI? Uh, no, good good summary. I, as you're talking about the brand story and the challenges, and I can't believe it's been three years. It just seems like yesterday you guys did go through the rebranding. <laughs> but you know, we have several clients now that are going through branding changes of their own, and I think it really gets underestimated how much work it takes when you do not a brand refresh, but a, a, a complete name change mm-hmm. and all the touch points to get from brand to demand. And uh, it, it can take, in some cases, several years, particularly when you have a large loyal following like like Infusionsoft does. Mm-hmm. Uh, because why you guys, as a company, uh, well over 12 years, right? Or maybe more. It's about 20, yeah. Yeah, 20, yeah. Yeah. So that's a long, long time, <laughs> you know, with a, a lot of people time. get used to it. So, um, what are some of the ongoing challenges you're having now with with strengthening the brand connection, and what are some of the things that you're doing about it? Yeah, and changing the brand was a big deal, and I was not here for that piece of it, but we still see people searching for the old brand name. There's still places in the product that there's references there. So there's just, a because Keep keep Infusionsoft, and I'm going to do it too, um, was such a powerhouse in creating content and creating partnerships, and there was just so many places that that brand showed up. So we have the challenge first of explaining kind of why we changed it, what the goal was, what the brand is today, get people educated, and then there's a lot of cleanup that's still going on. Some of our customers still 
call us the old brand. Um, some of our employees, old employees on LinkedIn, we just recently had um, a campaign to get people to update their LinkedIn profiles. So even some of the basics that you don't think about, it's just everywhere. So we are, um, we are, we've been really serious about trying to squash that and 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 really get strong around keep and the brand, what it stands for, how it's different, and um, and do more branding activity because that that has been an ongoing challenge. So I would say that thinking through and making a really strong plan um, for the operational pieces of what you need to change, getting your um, you know your partner network ready and willing to do all of that those changes we still find old logos and in, in interesting places online and things like that so you know it's going to be it's kind of a forensic exercise we're constantly looking and finding and changing um but doing the upfront communication and giving people that story and all the assets that they need up front and doing that work before there's always going to be a long tail of making changes but we are still in it a few years later um, making a lot of progress but i think people just need to be ready for that um, if you have a really loyal customer Customer base, they're gonna, they're harder to change too in some cases. So some of our our biggest fans um, have the hardest time <laughs> with this change because we got customers that have been around for so long. It's just that they they don't do it to be unkind. It's just how they know us. So it, it takes a while. Yeah, and look, we see it even with the NFL, <laughs> right? With uh, let's say Washington, for example, and the Commanders. It's like something that's really I think fans struggle with, and even the announcers yep. get tongue tied sometimes <laughs> trying to announce it. Yep. So uh, what is one of the more surprising locations you found the old logo. Yeah, some of our our partners even who who um, are our close, like I said, our closest um, fans and and just they they have not updated things for a while <laughs> for whatever reason. They still um, think of us that way. So those are some interesting places. Uh, there's and, and like I said, uh, employees um, on LinkedIn. Those you know those that seems like the easiest place. But with some of these digital properties, we we have to keep the old and the new. Um, there's places in the product that we find references to the old brand that we didn't think through or didn't find before or haven't updated. So I would say those are the places that um, sometimes it's your closest places <laughs> that have the, the longest layers. Um, and there's lots of stuff in our systems. So as employees come in, they, you know, our, our legacy systems have references too. So I think sometimes it's it's almost your own house that needs, you need to get deeper in the cleaning and the and the thinking through because all of that reinforces the old brand if you're not careful. Uh, in, in your intro, you mentioned this passion, this direction you have about really educating small business owners how to be better marketers. That, you know, that as a segment, that's huge, right? There's, we're talking about millions and millions of different people, different kinds of businesses. So from a customer research standpoint, building up buyer journeys and personas, it almost in some ways seems like an overwhelming task. Like how do you, how do you approach that and then still keep it making sense? Yeah, so we've done a lot of research and a lot of looking at our, our most successful users to understand which industries and types of users are going to be the best fit for us because there is a huge market. We can't go after everything. We can't be everything for all people. So we do have a clear view on the types of businesses that are the best fit. It really has more to do with their consultative sales and business model, building a list, selling services or, or mostly services, sometimes products, having um, a strong need for continual communication 
communication and building out that customer journey in an automated way. Um, so we do have core industries that we have buyer paths with specific information for those core industries that we believe are core so that people come in and can see, okay, we serve their needs, we talk in their language, we serve their industry. Um, but we do have our top, you know, top five to 10 that we're focused on, which is still kind of a lot. Um, and we're working now to even bring that through into the product. So what does that journey look like? Where are the templates that are much more specific to those types of businesses? Um, and we have a clear idea of, of kind of who we want, and we just need to continually reinforce that and provide those tools for, for, for those industries. But it is, um, it is a bit, really big segment. Um, people who have experience in marketing, so a lot of our customers are smaller marketing agencies. That is a great fit for us. They often become partners after their customers, and they really understand and learn um, the power of the automation that the tool provides. Um, so we do have focus areas, but we we do try to to really get clear on that in the qualification in the sales process. So from the top of the funnel through, um, because we know the, the type of customer that's most likely to retain. Do you use any tools inside the app like Pendo or anything to help you understand what people are doing? We do, yeah. We do. We use Pendo. Um, we have other tools that we're, we're gathering product data and we have we're building now. Um, my team actually encompasses both acquisition and retention goals and teams. So we have a customer journey team now that sits on the marketing group as well that focuses on a lot of that messaging that goes into the product itself. So we've had to really align to product to understand what they're doing um, and use tools like that to, to deliver messaging that guides people to the right places, but also gives us feedback and captures kind of where they're at in their journey. Journey, where they're struggling so that we can offer more specific training, we can offer more specific ideas, templates, plays um, through that customer journey. So we, we do have a lot of tools. Pendo is one. Um, there's probably three or four that we use to collect data um, from customers and to communicate. Okay. Um, now, your own stack that you use for marketing, mm -hmm. uh, are, you, are you satisfied where it is? Is it too much, too little, just right? I would say it's a bit too much right now. <laughs> I think there is, um, we are we are going through a simplification process. So this company was built by people that love tech and um, want to try things, right? Because we're in that space. So I would say we have a little bit too much because we have some duplicate tools and that different teams or silos have bought and had good intent to use. Our team has gotten a little bit smaller um, over time intentionally because we had areas that we could create more efficiency. And so some tools were orphaned. And so we're paying a lot, getting little value. Um, and, and so we're, we're going through a continual process of, of working on how to optimize what we have, how to slim down in the right areas, how to get really aligned with our, our friends in customer success and product and other areas and ops that are using tools that may be duplicate or that we have multiple suites going on that are not compatible. So there's a lot of work um, in my role looking at operations and how do we get more efficient? Um, because again, I, I strongly believe that the tool is an enabler, but you have to have a strategy. It has to reflect your business. It has to make sense. Um, and so I, I get pretty detailed about that stuff. I want to dig in and understand it. So you don't want to have one of everything in that big, huge tech chart, you know, like with uh, all the logos on it. I I don't. I'm. I mean, if I if I, you know, it depends. Because ideally, I I do want everything, and I want a person to to be responsible for everything and um, experts in every area. But I think that's just hard to accomplish in a in any marketing team. Um, so we're pretty large, but we we have a marketing ops function that um, that handles a lot of it. We we work with operations too, but with too many too many things, you 
just start to, I think it, it's diminishing returns. If you've got too many logos, too many um, tools that need ownership and and thought processes that don't connect, uh, it doesn't necessarily make you better. I, I believe that. So there's definitely, we're working to get to the place where there's the right number of tools and we can use them to their best um, ability and we're seeing the return from that. And there are some gaps still that we want to fill. Yeah, we see a lot of clients going going through some more challenges. When, yeah. and, and it's been exciting. There's just seems every week there's a new toy, there's a new application and, and we buy it and there's not enough people to run them and then they just sit there collecting dust and then it only perpetuates data silos, right? Because everything is all over the place. Um, so as you look forward then for your strategy and growth, because now that you are a hundred million dollar company, I think the path forward's probably going to start to look and shape differently as, as yeah. you, and, and so what are some of the things that are going into your growth strategy for the years ahead? Yeah. So we're, we're looking at how to do more product led growth through our free trial, for example, but not necessarily like, how do we make this easier for people? So they get to value faster and they retain better over time. So that's where we're focused, um, getting our brand message back out there a bit more because there, that I think we had been very focused on, um, lower funnel and now we need to get the brand awareness really up in the communities that we want to operate in. So, Brand awareness is a big challenge, working with partnerships, influencers, working on our own content to beef up kind of our that marketing education. Um, that's a big part of this. And then using the um, kind of plays and templates approach for different industries. So we enable our customers when they come into the product, they have success more quickly because as, you, as we keep discussing, the tool, it can take a while to see return from marketing automation. You have to do the work, you have to put in the work and you have to have a plan. So we are working to beef up the materials that we have in our customer journey that enable that so that's more seamless, so it's more effective, and they get to value um, in every way we can. And that includes um, services as well as templates and other plays in the product that enable that. So there's there's a lot of things we're working on. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, with content, I mean, we in marketing, we always know we have to put out good content and, and that definitely reaches our customer. But in today's age, there just seems to be a deluge of content yep. from so many different places. Like, I mean, I remember when we first started the company, uh, we were on the first page for everything because there was nothing else, right? We would put it out. And now you can probably find uh, 5,000 articles on lead management and or more tech and, and so on. So yep. how, you know, what's your approach then to content with your audience? Like, How do you think through what's going to resonate and stick versus just producing to produce? Yeah, well, we, you know, we're fighting for CRM keywords with think, with Salesforce and HubSpot. So yeah, we we feel that pain of there's so many places that information is available. So I think that we are going deeper into the buyer research and mindset and personas. Like what what do they what are the real pain points? What are they trying to solve both with a tool and around building their business? So what kind of relevance can we have in areas that may be less um, less less busy. Uh, we still want to rank on the uh, the core keywords, but thinking through the different specific challenges for by industry even for people that we are trying to reach and trying to find some of those topics that have less less just less content out there um, and making um, that 
one of the pathways in, you know, how can we be more specific and relevant and, um, and offer something different, a little bit more different, a little scale, like more scaled to the kinds of challenges that they have. Um, one of the, we do, we just did a big survey and study and one of the biggest challenges for small business owners right now, and this is obvious for everybody, but is, is working with freelancers and hiring and figuring out how to, to manage the people that are going to help market their business because they have to train, um, and, and educate and do all the things that, that we have to do as enterprise, but with many, many fewer resources. So that's an area that we we know we can build some content around because we can help them automate hiring processes. So that's a very different way of using our tool and kind of an unexplored space, but something that gets to our brand promise, which is automation, efficiency, time saving, um, working smarter, not harder. So um, those are just an example of, of one of the things that came out of that research, like, oh, this is a really big pain point. And when they have staff changes, the tool can easily change too, because whoever they hire to help market will bring their own tool. So it's a risky place for revenue and the business and retention um, that we should get in front of enabling that process, um, knowing when to, to share those materials as much as we can. It's an interesting approach. Um, as you approach your own talent balance, what's how do you try and do it within your org? Is it you're trying to insource as much as you can? Do you balance it with partnerships, agencies? Do you outsource anything? Like what what do you do to find the right mix? We we do outsource some things. We have some specialist um, agencies that work with us on things like analytics, um, PR, um, and and we though mostly have in-house talent. So we have built out kind of a mini agency in our content and creative groups. Uh, we do have a lot that we do in-house. We have video um, and, and other types of production. Uh, but we we are going to the direction, I think, of using more specialist agencies for particular things because we do want that outside perspective, that specialized knowledge, um, and and having that outside voice. I come from an agency background, and I really value mm. that process of having someone come in and, and give you advice and um, give you feedback and and, and kind of help energize the team. So I think we will be using more um, freelancers and specialist agencies going forward for key projects, um, just because it's a learning opportunity and. It it helps us move faster. So I don't want to I don't want to lead the witness because I would probably <laughs> be interested in that. But um, I would be interested just more on the process side. How do you determine what capabilities you want to keep in-house versus the things that you look to a partner that outsource? Well, we've had, I mean, like many, many uh, marketing teams over the past few years, like there is a, there are gaps created by staff changes that necessitate certain things. So um, when we have open roles, sometimes that creates an opportunity to reach out and get some, you know, freelance help or consulting help to get us through that, that bad patch. I think it's also based on what the team is interested in tackling where, where there's, you know, passion, if they really want to own something and have a vision for it, then I wouldn't want to outsource that. So it's, Looking at the capacity of the team, we have a pretty, you know, set process of how we evaluate what we have capacity for and things that we don't have capacity or capability for. Um, we we look for agency help um, and and. For example, we do have a video team. We need a new brand video. We wanted a really different animated approach for that. So we we did go through a process of finding an agency to help us because we we just wanted to do something totally fresh and different. And we knew that was going to be a faster way to get that expertise. So there are, um, I think it's just case by case basis, um, unless we're, we're filling it just a skills gap that we have uh, as it relates to, to a specific need, usually a technical need in our case. Okay, sounds good. So final question, I, and yeah. I like to ask this a lot in my interview. So if you had a chance to go back to your younger self, 
uh, earlier in your career, what advice would you give her? You know, I think I would just be less, um, less worried about, so this is a weird answer, but less worried about making changes and, and kind of doing things that other people, it wasn't a linear path for me. I didn't go from kind of, you know, one marketing role that was similar to the next and, and continue to grow. I did a lot of different things. I did consulting. I did research. I worked in um, agencies. I worked in-house um, in, in, in SaaS companies. And I think that that kind of lattice experience, matrix experience, whatever you want to call that, that really helped um, me become the marketer that I am and the person that I am, the leader that I am. Um, but it wasn't a linear path. So I think that um, I think I would have just said, don't worry, it's going to it's going to work out. <laughs> You're going to figure it out because <laughs> um, each of those decisions was really like, you know, I'm interested in this. Is that a good enough reason to 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 make a move? Is this outside of what the expected path is? And all of those experiences have added hugely to my knowledge. I've kind of followed my curiosity um, and where I thought, you know, I could learn and um, work with people who I could learn from. Um, so, but I, but those were not without a lot of, you know, hand wringing and anxiety at, at times. Like, does this make sense? So, I, I think I would say that, and I would have probably um, learned more of the coding and technical side. Like, I really wish that I had some more of the the data science skills in particular, but also some, um, you know, dev skills because that that stuff is so important, and I just can't always get into the details. But <laughs> I'm curious and want to get the answers. Uh, I think that's a good quality to have, though. So, uh, well, we covered a lot of ground today, so we are at time. But Kirsten, thank you so much for all your perspectives. And best of luck to you and keep in your ongoing you. journey. Well, thank you for thank having you. me. It was a lovely conversation. You got it. All right, everybody. Kirsten Markson, CMO of Keep. Thank you. Thank you.